Here's the question. How can we serve innovative voices, smart ideas, and the latest technology to improve brand identity, product consistency, and profitability in the print and packaging supply chain? Welcome to the ID Alliance Gamut Podcast, and I am your host, Jeff Collins. ID Alliance is a nonprofit association, and we serve the global supply chain for brands, print, and packaging with 12 offices located around the world. If you are interested in becoming a member of ID Alliance, you can join us by visiting our website at idalliance.org. On today's Gamut Podcast, we are speaking with two true technology innovators and pioneers in color management solutions and color science for the print industry. They are the CEO and owner and CTO of ColorLogic, and that's Barbara Braun Metz, the owner and CEO, and Thorsten Braun, the CTO for ColorLogic. And for historical reference, Thorsten was the R&D manager for Logo, a company that was acquired by Greytag Macbeth. And there, Thorsten focused on developing color transformation algorithms and created the well-known Profile Maker profiling solution. And today, he continues to lead the industry in solving color management's toughest technological issues. And Barbara's successful journey began in marketing and product management for companies like Quirk Express, Thalim, and Gray Tag Macbeth before she founded ColorLogic in 2002. So we're happy to have them on today. Thorsten and Barbara, thank you so much for joining us on the Gamut Podcast, and we can't wait to hear your story and for you to tell us about some of the innovative solutions and some of the situations that we find in the current market as it's changing so rapidly as far as technological development along the lines of color management algorithms, AI, and other attributes. Thank you, Jeff, and hello. Um, also, thanks for having us. Yes, we are also very excited to talk to you and and answer all the questions you and your audience may have. Yeah, thank you also from my side. Here's Thorsten, and thank you for the nice introduction. Um, I'm really getting excited about that. And as I mentioned earlier, you guys are true pioneers and entrepreneurs in this part of the print and packaging supply chain. So I would love for you guys to give us a little background, a little backdrop about the story behind Color Logic. Well, the story of ColorLogic started 18 years ago, meanwhile. So um, the company was founded by us in 2002, and we had a clear focus on development of high-end color management solutions from the beginning. Um, we believe in the support of industry standards, and therefore also um, our development started based on the common industry standard of the ICC. Mm-hmm. And um, instead of trying to develop ColorLogic products from the beginning, we had the idea of concentrating on the OEM business. Um, OEM business in two ways. Um, one point was to develop products for other companies. Um, especially in the beginning, we were focusing on um, monitor calibration and profiling solutions. Yes. But on the other hand, also um, licensing our technology to other vendors in the industry, so to allow them build their own specific products with a really great color management technology behind it. Uh-huh. Um, this also reflects in the way how we develop our solutions. So in, in many, many cases, um, 
companies develop great products, but if someone wants to use part of this technology, they need to extract this technology from a complete product. Um, we do it the opposite way around. The I call it kernel, the technology kernel comes first. So we, we develop our technology and then based on this technology, we develop either applications for other companies or our own ColorLogic product line. Of course, uh, dealing with OEM partners is always a very confidential topic, um, but I can tell you that a lot of RIP vendors, for example, are using our technology to handle their colors inside the RIP. Understood. And if I was an OEM or a potential customer looking to partner with you to integrate your core technology for color management and color transformation, what would be that initial process? What would the process look like to, to begin to partner with ColorLogic? And in general, the process you were asking before is um, that uh, on one hand, we offer solutions, technology that we already have by hand. And on the other hand, people come to us and say, well, but I also need that. And, and from that point, we, we develop new technologies, integrate that into the SDK, which typically is available on Windows, Mac and Linux mm -hmm. and using a very generic API so that, that any, any customer, any, any software developer can easily integrate that. Understood. So it's a kind of growing portfolio of, of existing tools and, 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 just things to be add to our portfolio on a request. And what were some of the core solutions that you developed for your partners early on when you founded the company? We were solely concentrating on OEM business, um, mainly in the area of monitor calibration and profiling, because this was just a, a nice startup solution, um, easy to, to develop and handle and also um, a, a nice revenue stream because mm -hmm. if you privately start a company from scratch, you also need to get some money in and that was a great yeah. step to start with this. And um, based on that, we, we grew our portfolio and um, of course we had a couple of founding ideas and one was, for example, the device link technology um, where we are pretty strong meanwhile. Um, we saw this technology already in, in 2002 as one of the key possibilities to overcome some limitations of the ICC yeah. standard mm -hmm. while still re respecting the ICC standard and um, allowing our partners to integrate solutions into an existing workflow. Um, I think this is also the beauty of, of, of supporting these industry standards, that it's pretty easy to have different kind of solutions from different vendors integrated into your own specific workflow and addressing your printing needs in the most suitable way for you. So looking at your current product line, uh, with solutions like Copra, Color Ant, and Zepra, uh, we see a lot of improvements as far as the algorithms for creating profiles, as well as automation. And we see this push for automation uh, in all aspects of the industry. And when we can talk about AI, Industry 4.0, et cetera, and big data, but you guys have really uh, put quite an effort into meeting those demands from your customer base. Well, I, I'm always joking around with my uh, development team that I want a one-button solution. Uh, just develop something with one button, and if I press it, um, the output will 
as I would expect it. Um, unfortunately, that's not really possible, but we are trying to get as close as, as possible to this kind of understanding. So um, you mentioned our three products, um, Colorant, Cobra, and Zebra. Um, so Colorant is our tool to analyze, optimize, and modify measurement data. So this, this is where the whole production process starts. You need measurement data, and you need to control this and make sure that you have good data, because uh, the quality of a profile can only be as good as the quality of the measurement data. And um, the next step in the, in the process would be COPRA, our profiling solution for any kind of output profiles, devising profiles for any color space. And also here, um, Copra comes with presets, which allows the user to easily configure um, profiles for their needs. Yes. And the, and the last tool will be Zebra, our color server, um, where we just released version 8 um, two days ago. Right. And um, this is also very easy to handle color server where we guide our users to set up the right folders and where we have a lot of presets to get an easy start. And um, behind this, you have all the variety of settings and, and specifications which you can add to really fit it into your special needs. Yeah, I would yeah. really say that, that the complete applications from our side are built on the concept that you can easily start with presets or with automatic buttons. Yes. Probably not always the one button solution, but but <laughs> we are working on that. Uh, but then you can grow into that to fine tune settings. So start easy, start with presets, start with uh, automatic tools. And then if, if you grow into that, you, you will find way more. And um, that that can keep it simple if, if, if you have very standard um, right. request or needs yeah. functionality very standard and if you you need something special uh, you you will find it in the advanced settings and uh, that's that's how we try to integrate it to make it easier for a user um, one, one more thing I have to add to the one button solution the this story behind that also is that we believe that the best uh, color management is the integrated one that you don't see exactly and I think that's the strength by offering applications where you can really with hands-on work with color management fine-tune results but on the other hand having access to an sdk for deep integration into workflow systems probably with integrated measurement devices that can all do this internally and without uh, a lot of um, modifications by user mm -hmm. and so the deeper you integrate it the less you see it and the better it works yeah and, you know, thinking about some of the improvements that you have made as far as automation, uh, this is something that I found very interesting in your solution, Colorant, and that is that you don't require the printing of multiple patches uh, to capture that true good solid profile of media or other things possibly you know moderate calibration but we're typically talking about uh print conditions whether it's uh, an offset press or an inkjet proofing system or a uh, digital toner device so conventional or i should say conventional wisdom 
we are told that we need to average a lot of patches. We need to have samples throughout the press run. And uh, again, if you look at like a TC1617, that's 1,617 individual patches on that target that you print out. And then when you take multiple pulls throughout the run, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of time in order to get that perfect profile. And you have found that you don't need to do that. Yeah, in, in, indeed, the starting point of, of, of Color Ant was um, dealing with profiling problems. And, and we discovered that a lot of problems and profiles was caused by bad measurement data. In fact, the more patches you measure, the more bad data you will get. Maybe that there's something on the paper or the instrument was something wrong or just a human mistake by taking the wrong line or um, whatever may happen in, in printing and measuring. The more you data you get, the more potential problems you have in the data. And, and to, to clean that up is necessary to get good profiles. Um, so we are, we are dealing with a couple of different potential problems like bad data, noise and data, or just not matching the standard because you were trying to print uh, according to G7. But as printing is, you are always slightly off. So you have to clean up the data to match the standard that you may try to match in your daily production also. So you want to have a clean profile, which really matches G7 and not only approximates it. And, and so from, from this starting point, dealing with bad data, color and grew over the time to, to adopt to standards and uh, smooth data also and, and, and correct data uh, to, to help users to get accurate profiles. Because if the profile is not accurate, well, you will run into later issues, which may be 10 times more expensive. And can you share with our listeners some of uh, your advice uh, when we're in production and we want to really identify uh, considering all the different variables, whether they're different operators, uh, environmental conditions, different substrates? We're trying to find the true uh, sweet spot of that particular printing condition. And not all the time do we necessarily do that when we're in a profiling activity. Uh, I may be at uh, the beginning of a maintenance cycle or mid maintenance cycle or at the end of a maintenance cycle. So these press conditions vary. And what advice can you give our print service providers, people that are in production to really understand where how that press prints? Well, yeah, and indeed you can, can predict a lot. Uh, part of that is uh, to have redundant data or multiple measurements to, to, to see trends or to, to uh, find the bad data and eliminate it instead of just averaging it. And uh, if you know more about the target system, if there is a standard behind, you can um, adopt to that. So like printing just a small um, control wedge, knowing that you are targeting something like Rackhall and, and upscaling the data to really match your little deviation of your your uh, print towards uh, the Rackhall characteristics and, and get an accurate data set from that. So the more you know about the system, may it be the standard or may it be redundancies, the more reliable you can clean up and, and fix the data for it. 
Thorsten, when we look at the different capabilities and the different substrates, uh, we are talking about different color gamuts or different ranges or dynamic ranges of what color we can reproduce. So one CMYK inkjet uh, solution may be able to hit, let's just say, for example, you know, 85 to 90 percent of the Pantone uh, spot color library. And then we have maybe an all set device that can only hit about 60 to 65 percent. But we know we're getting in we're getting into gamut mapping and smaller gamut devices and larger gamut devices. Um, share with our listeners, if you will, uh, some of the struggles and some of the pitfalls when we're working with a variety of different technologies with a variety of different color capabilities. Yeah, you are touching a very sensitive topic here uh, that's going from small to big gamuts. Uh, indeed, this is one of the major problems. It's, it's even worse than the other way around um, because without of gamut mapping, uh, you can go from big to small, preserving uh, typical colors and, and matching the other one. But uh, if you go from small to big, you wouldn't take advantage of the bigger gamut, which what you want it to be. And if you would just um, blow up the gamut, expand it uniformly, well, skin tones just become reddish and doesn't look good. So uh, you have to use it, go there, do that differently by uh, non by nonlinear expansion of the gamut, so that things that are already colorful like uh, spot colors, really saturated reds and, and, and other colors uh, to the maximum gamut of the target system. And without touching sensitive and memory colors like skin tones mm -hmm. and uh, pastel colors. And this way really works fine. Essential for that is that for this um, gamut compression, you know the input and output profile. And, and therefore, device link technology gives the biggest benefit here because before converting, they can analyze source, the smaller source, like the grackle you mentioned, in the big ECG target gamut space and, and really use an optimal gamut compression to expand the gamut to the bigger ECG gamut. Uh, with the simple ICC conversion, it's, it's always... Uh, it may work, but it's limited and a little bit more randomized what the output is. I, I think I see a very big strength of device link technology here because yes. at profile creation, the system knows how the gamuts look like. Yeah, with device link profiles, you have a much better control over the different settings, exceptions, and and other things, right. which are important to to guarantee also uh, the best print result. Um, especially the, the, the easiest example is always the black channel. So mm -hmm. um, no matter what you do with your with your gamut and how much you would like to blow up the gamut to use this extended color gamut, um, you want to have a pure black and you, you want to avoid that your gray tones get, get colorish. So um, device link is the right technology to, to offer you both control and a full bright colors. Thorsten and Barbara, you both mentioned ECG, and this is a hot topic in the print industry, especially for packaging and labels, as well as brands, where we're trying to hit uh, spot colors more efficiently by using a multicolor or seven-color process. So we're talking about uh, CMYK and OVG 
That's a set ink palette within a press where we don't have to do a lot of changeovers to put in spot colors or Pantone inks uh, to print a brand color. And there's tremendous benefits to doing this, but it's sometimes has been a very difficult process to um, scale it across the industry. Everybody has their secret sauce and you have integrated solutions for ECG into your current product line as well. You've participated in moving the industry forward as far as standardizing ECG through committees like Idea Alliance's print properties as well as FOGRA. I would love for you to share your perspective on ECG and its future in our industry. Let, let's start with the motivation of, of ECG. It, it comes definitely from multicolor printing and adding process colors, typically orange, green, violet, um, all or just some of them. And, and an issue you have in production already by, take, by profiling it because all these different um, manufacturers profiling engines, they use different charts and, and all of a sudden you have to print 20, 20 pages to satisfy all these vendors. So one, one of this initiative was to, to provide a, a, a test chart where all manufacturers uh, commit to uh, supporting it in their profiling engines which should be kind of relief for uh, all all people making multicolor profiles. And uh, I, I think we've found a pretty good compromise. Uh, was it beginning of this year? Was it last year? No, it was beginning of this year. Okay, yes. this year is weird. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, I think it's a very good approach um, with a big chart where you can also just print subsets and you you can basically choose whether you want just want to have a control wedge, a mini chart, a small chart, a bigger chart, or the maximum chart. Right. And all of that uh, is, is supported by, by profiling engines. So that's the profiling part for multicolor. Uh, however, multicolor is very unhandy on the desktop. And you you just have to go to Photoshop and try to work in multicolor spaces. The preview is not correct. The editing is is is, is also difficult. The combination of both that the preview is not accurate and editing of, of multicolor data is is awkward anyways uh, makes it even more complicated. And and so the tendency uh, is to move multicolor as far to the press as possible. And that brought up the other initiative to have a working color space, which is as big as a seven color press, but a CMYK working space, which is much more handy, and uh, sh but still can cover the full uh, seven color uh, space, and which would uh, ease prediction, proofing, editing of, of um, data targeting for multicolor pr printing. And uh, to find such a good compromise in CMYK is, is just an initiative which, which is still active. There, there are some um, obstacles to, to overcome, uh, like you won't have natural colors like enormous CMYK spaces, because this working space would be huge and uh, still it should be very clean and should have print properties as, as long as possible. And 
where we have to find a compromise from, from all the different areas, from profiling engines, from, from users, how they are used to edit, and, and also finally verifying that a conversion to a final print color space, multicolor space, uh, works fine. Regarding the test shirts, uh, the, the standard, it's, it's, it's finished, it's, it's available. I think it's available on the ID Alliance site also. Uh, where you can download it and uh, with a decent description uh, how, how it is, um, uh, what the concept is with using one, two or four pages of, of this chart. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we also have a proposed uh, layout for that, which you can directly use for, for most measurement devices. Um, also, the reference data obviously is available. So, if you need to uh, need a different layout for different um, instruments uh, or paper sizes, you you could do it on the on your own with the available tools. You can use ours like Colorhand to create create test shots or use tools from other manufacturers. Uh, which can import multicolor reference files and generate test shots from that. So the, the tools are available. Uh, the biggest question probably is, what should I use a single page, a two page or four page test chart to, to get best accuracy? Uh, in, in general, I would say already the two page chart uh, provides uh, really production quality for, for seven color presses. Understand. At that time, and, and what about on the Flexo side? Let's say we're we're dealing with a narrow web, and uh, I have a lack of real estate, and it's you know roll to roll. Uh, even for Flexo, I would say we are really well prepared because we added these highlight patches to see the little bump, and this is very basic information which is already in the the one or two page charts available. It's, it's more that uh, some systems may get really complicated with, with overprints of uh, more than five colors and, and, and high densities. And, and, and uh, in this case, I, I would suggest to take use all the four pages. Um, also, for proofing purposes, this, this may be essential. Yeah. If you deal with spot colors and you want an accurate uh, prediction of how 50% green overprints with 70% violet, which may be an awkward uh, use case, but it happens, that's what designers do, <laughs> then the full-size chart uh, would provide the best information for, for such extreme cases also. In general, two pages should do a decent job already. And in addition to the standardization of the targets to make good profiles on the different technologies, including proofing, as well as what we mentioned with uh, the Flexo Press using seven color process, um, it's important that we have that additional piece of the puzzle, which is a universally accepted color space or an exchange color space. I know that already a couple of manufacturers offer their own extended CMYK color spaces as working spaces. Uh, here it's more about finding an even bigger one uh, for, for everyone, kind of standard instead of a specific manufacturer profile. So to start off, I think there are profiles available already. This one should cover even uh, bigger color space 
and uh, also would ease the exchange of data because we believe that standards ease the production very much. And if we have a standard color space as an exchange color space, mm-hmm. it eases uh, the data uh, handling. Yes. This is also one of the big problems with multicolor that the standards saving uh, multicolor data are um, limited, let's put it that way, and the CMYK is, is way easier uh, to, to handle, be it a JPEG or a TIFF or a PSD file, CMYK is always easy to handle, multicolor gets complicated, whether it would be in PDF with device N or PSD files with their limitations and layers. So CMYK is more handy and therefore I think that a new working color space as a standard would also ease the exchange of data. Yeah, I think this is this is one of the major problems of multicolor production. Multicolor production is a is a short word for large market. So um, there are so many different print scenarios which are covered under the the topic multicolor. Um, either you talk about packaging or industrial printing, textile, ceramics, um, decor printing. Yeah. All these different production chains chain, uh, chains they have really completely different requirements also. And um, therefore, we have to differentiate which part of multicolor we are really focusing on, of which part of multicolor production. Yes. And um, I think there's, there's no generic answer or there won't be a generic color space which serves all these different kind of markets. Okay. I think that's a that's a fair point. And, and, and so summarizing that in this context, uh, the working group is working on a color space targeting um, CMYK OGV printing yeah. um, for, for traditional or digital printing. I appreciate the work and the insight that you just gave our listeners on ECG. And I want to turn to something a little bit more basic. And this is a requirement that uh, we hear from our print service providers. And a lot of the time it's uh, a calls for a major problem as far as customer satisfaction. This is where a print service provider really doesn't know and can't predict how accurate they can reproduce uh, brand colors or spot colors or Pantone colors on the different equipment that they may have, whether it's offset or digital. And, you know, depending on the paper, so we have all these variables and there are some tools out there that can easily uh, determine how close you can get to the, the particular brand color or spot color, what the Delta E is. And some of those, uh, some solutions, we don't have that capability, but uh, what can you tell our print service providers as far as color logic features? Um, how can you help someone determine quickly before they take a job on uh, whether or not they have the capability to reproduce the requirement for that brand color? Let's say it's a Pantone orange. It needs to be under a Delta EO2. We don't want to bring the job into the shop and buy into something that we're not capable of reproducing uh, cost effectively. Yeah. Well, there's a perfect tool within Zebra because um, we we call it always um, know before you print, where we analyze the spot color and simulate the spot color reproduction on several given output devices, and you get a perfect report on it where you can simply read 
can I reach this spot color within my CMYK process or do I really have to go to a seven color press for reproduction? So this is already available for a long time within Zebra mm -hmm. uh, and the spot color module where you can automatically analyze uh, these requirements and see what the best reproduction way would be. Now, depending on the workflow you choose, it uh, would predict the, the data ease of, of your spot colors. So you could decide on your own, is it acceptable or not? Do I yeah. need the multicolor press or is the CMYK fine for me? And it also tells you the, the exact conversion Zebra would do. Uh, which is a nice reference for a printer because he can verify his plates and see, okay, yes, uh, this spot color is converted as as predicted and and uh, proposed by 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 Zebra, and and he has a reference in his hand to know that the spot color really comes right out on the press. Yes, yes. Yeah, very, very nice thing is if you go to a digital press, you can even iterate that. And the iteration uh, would, would optimize the, the output by measuring it back and optimizing the conversion and would also tell you whether there's still room for improvement or probably this spot color is indeed out of gamut and, and you, you may end this optimization. Yeah, obviously an iteration only makes sense for digital output devices, but there it's very powerful because you can uh, optimize a complete library within two or three cycles and get perfectly results. Uh, for any job then. And one, one thing I would like to add, we go even further by adding the capability of proofing multicolor to our latest Zebra version. I think this is also something worth to mention um, because there are only a limited number of solutions in the market and um, we participated the last Fulcrum Multicolor Forum and also tested the uh, multicolor proofing inside Zebra there and reached really outstanding results. And I would love to hear about those results. I, it sounds to me it was, you know, a, basically a competitive side by side, uh, a competitive analysis of uh, that capability, correct? Yes, absolutely. So we, we participated in several studies. And um, in one study, they tested also the proofing, the multicolor proofing. And um, there we really delivered the best results with a new proofing module that was in CPRIDE. So we're I, I think the special thing we can do is that we can iterate uh, also multicolor proofs. And, and that brought us to the really top in terms of proofing. Um, other, other parts of these studies were to predict uh, how colors overprint yeah. Um, which which is uh, really complicated, and or to to support CXF X4 data, um, which is meanwhile standard in PDF that uh, um, uh, CXF X4 could be embedded to precisely define a spot color mm -hmm. and and taking advantage of of this data for an accurate prediction how it overprints with other process colors. And and uh, CXF X4 is a great example also to show we are always early adopters of these new standards. So we, we were one of the first supporting the CXFX4 standard because we see the benefit in a um, standardized way how to communicate colors. This helps everybody in the printing industry. The more we can really agree on a, let's call it common language, the easier it will be for everybody to, to reproduce these colors. And so to bring the podcast to an end, I would love to hear about some of the new solutions that uh, you intended to release at Drupa. 
Unfortunately, it's been canceled to COVID-19. And uh, what do we have in line for the future with Color Logic? Well, in general, it is uh, that we release one major release per product per year. So no, we won't wait for Trooper 21. Um, we continue doing innovation and, and publish this and make this available to the market because um, especially nowadays, I think printer need to have access to the best tools to work as productive as possible to overcome the current crisis we are all facing. So I think holding back innovation just to show it at, at a trade show is not the way we we want to do our business, to set up our business. Yeah, we just try to set a highlight there, probably a little message. Um, overall, we, we think it's time to, to even speed up to get through this crisis and and our our strategy is that we want to increase the uh, to have a better closer integration of our products we have superior products i think technology wise also how, how they work but they are fairly independent from each other and so we want to bring them closer together so that's easier to come from measurement data to profiles to workflows uh, if for experienced users, it's always very easy. They know where to click to get what. For for someone starting with that, uh, I, I think that's how our conversation today started. Uh, you, you asked uh, how to get people easier to use a complex technology. And we said we, we try to start simple and then give more specific uh, functionality. And, and so the same we want to do looking uh, for the integration of the products that they work together, mm-hmm. um, and also the the products itself that they there's even more automation. We talked about uh, rendering gamut mapping before, and there are switches how you can go from small to bigger gamuts. But we also want to automate that. that this can yeah. be done with one click to get optimal results, and uh, so that that should all make it easier to set up color management and to get superior results. And of course, a different area where we do a lot of development right now is a whole topic of multicolor. Even if we are really strong in this area already, as I said before, the market is so diverse and multicolor is, is a far too simple word for a, a very broad topic. And there are a lot of activities in this field to also address more the industrial printing areas, um, find more specific solutions which ease uh, the integration of such complex technology. We, we wanted to point out a little bit that, that we are not only products, that more than half of our business is is SDK, is, is licensing of technology. That's a very important thing for mm-hmm. us. And uh, the, the innovation uh, of our technology and products often is in uh, being early adapters for new standards. We are supporting PDF 2.0 already, CXFX4 already in the last versions, focusing on multicolor, all data we handle in color and where we started with. It's, it's spectral data. We do this uh, from the beginning on with color and because yeah. we always believed in spectral data. Probably takes another 10 years until we get there with ICC Max to yeah. have this established as a standard. We are well prepared because we do it since forever. And 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 so the, the basis our technology is, is, is settled on is, is just um, 
very, very flexible and prepared for everything that's that's coming up. And, and often we have solutions already somewhere, probably in the SDK that you don't see in our products, um, because we decide very carefully what we put put in our products, because it's a different challenge than offering just technology to, to, to third parties. Fantastic. And thank you for being so transparent with what you do at ColorLogic, uh, Barbara and Thorsten. And we appreciate the work that you're doing for the industry to move uh, technology forward to improve the bottom line for both the print service providers as well as their customers. And uh, always being an early adopter and an innovator, uh, like you mentioned before, uh, and as we started the conversation in the intro, uh, the early work you did for ICC uh, profiling and bringing that to market. And um, so thank you so much for your contribution to the printing industry and your contribution to ID Alliance through print properties and the Color Metric Council. Um, I hope to talk to you guys again. We'll definitely have you back on and look forward to uh, further cooperation uh, over the next year. Yeah, I'm sure. And I really highly appreciate that. Um, uh, it was really fun to do this interview and to talk to you. Thank you. Have a great day and stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Gamut Podcast. If you have ideas, suggestions, or would like to join us or even sponsor future podcasts, simply email me at jcollins at idealliance.org. That's J-C-O-L-L-I-N-S at idealliance.org. Take care and have a productive day.